Hello and welcome back to Lights, Camera and Life. It's your boy Franklin. And it's your girl, Lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we've literally uh, had to take some time off. We recently went to uh, some of the most beautiful parts of Oslo in Norway, uh, some on the outskirts. And while we were there, we watched quite a really, really, really relevant film to the setting called... Leave No Trace. Which came out in 2018, starring... Ben Foster as Will, and also Thomasin McKenzie as Tom, um, in what is probably one of my favourite films. Um, lady, Ever? Uh, it'll Maybe. be in my top 20. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, ever would be, would, would be the right way to say it. Um, the floor's yours. What do you think? How does it go? Um, so, you know, we should always start off by saying that if you are planning to watch the film for sure, um, and you want to watch it without spoilers, then now would be a good time to pause um, and then you can catch up again with us later once you've seen the film. Yeah. Um, because we will go into everything <laughs> about the film. A lot. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I think our feeling is this is a film of, of three acts almost. And we yeah. start off by learning about um, Will and Tom. That's a father and daughter mm -hmm. um, who are living off the grid um, on the edge of Oregon in the States. Um, living a very... Um, rural lifestyle, so camping out in a public park, which is um, illegal to do in that area. Rules and <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally in yeah. the forest, yeah. living an outdoor life, camping, cooking, using fires um, to make their food, um, drills to move on, so that they literally, as the film says, leave no trace. Um, and then fairly early on in the film, they're spotted by a passerby um, and then handed over to this um, state authorities um, by police who catch them. Um, understandably they're interrogated um, the authorities looking for any untoward abuse or trying to understand why they would choose to literally live on the edge of the city yeah. and living this off-grid lifestyle um, instead of living what we all understand as norm normality you mm -hmm. know um, so you know they're they're innocent they're just a father and daughter living together doing something different we understand by this point that um, Will is a veteran who's suffering PTSD from his time yeah, yeah, in yeah. the services, and they're eventually rehoused in a standard community in, in Oregon. Mm. They try out um, normal society, normal lifestyle for a while, but it, it's really difficult for Will, who you can imagine is still very um, symptomatic from his, from his condition. Yeah, of course. Um, but his daughter, Tom, is young. She's a young adolescent who's beginning to come of age, and you know, she, she's beginning to fit in and see how she could fit in properly to this lifestyle. But it's, it's too much for her dad. And so, you know, in the second act, we see them move on again, back, in, back into the off-the-grid lifestyle, back in the forest doing what they know. Unfortunately, her dad gets injured and it's up to Tom to try and rescue him. Um, they're then helped out by a settling community in, in the forest now who help him heal. They help them with somewhere to stay, something to eat whilst he's getting better. And again, we see Tom really feel like she could be part of this, this second community now, which is almost um, more ideal if they were going to be able to live this lifestyle because it's the perfect combination of um, forestry, but also community, which is the two things that they seem to both need, need each of yeah, them. Yeah. Um, but he, he can't do it. And then that brings us into like the third and final act where really a decision has to be made. Tom really is more or less of age now. Um, and they we see them go their separate ways in the end because it's a lifestyle that her dad just isn't able to do, even though we know they love each other very much. Yeah. Um, and, and Tom kind of stays behind with the community who have taken her in. 
And I think that's it in a nutshell, but with so many more layers than that, which we'll come on to okay. as we go along. Um, so can I, can I go into it? Yeah, okay. like, <laughs> no, you're ready to delve I, I am, I am. I, I have to say, first of all, I, as I said with Roma, I come into this with a lot of bias. Um, I love this film. Um, I think that not a lot of films handle this sort of subject matter with the delicacy that it requires. Um, that, that, you know, I sometimes I can always tell when a film's good just by the name. And Leave No Trace is an apt name for this. It really is. Um, I remember seeing it in the poster when we were, we were going out. Mm. And um, I, I saw it and it had like the green canvas and the father and daughter walking into the sunlight. And I saw all the, the reviews and I was like, we gotta see it. <laughs> We, we gotta see I this. I believe you said it in that exact voice as well. <laughs> but anyway, it starts off with it go it get it goes straight into uh, both father and daughter in action. They're living in the woods. They're living in a campsite. You've got them collecting water through funnels that that are channeled to receive rainfall. They make their fires through firewood. They've got regular drills that depict and show that Will is a former veteran. Mm -hmm. He's a military man. Mm. You know, nothing is over the top. Nothing's whacked over the head or whack, whacks you over the head with, oh my God, this is where they are. What it is, is that you are... You're brilliantly introduced into a world by a masterful director who can tell you a lot by just showing you very little. And what part of what makes it so little is what we would say is the dialogue. For one of the first things that's said in the movie is the father says to, well, Will says to Tom, nice work. And she says, thank you, and smiles. And then you just think, this is a normal relationship. I don't think there's anything weird going on yeah. here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When there's a drill or where she goes running or when they, they have to go out and look for stuff, it's done with a certain level of necessity, but compassion. Um, Deborah Granick is the director for this. Yep. Yeah, um, she has made Winter's Bone, which actually features another, well, a well-known actress now in Jennifer Lawrence, but back then was she was quite young. Who was trying to help? At the time, wasn't yeah, she? at the time she was very young. So you know, she's 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 got a, a sort of uh, what's the word? Not a tr trademark, but uh, mean a, like a way track of, record, a way of... of bringing in young female strong actresses, yeah. and um, that's really good of her. Um, she also has made a documentary. Uh, called Stray Dogs, which is actually going through the real lives of veteran um, veterans who suffer from PTSD, which Will does as well. Yeah, I think and it's also interesting to say at this point that this film is actually adapted from um, a novel or a book, yeah, I should yeah. say, by Peter Rock called My Abandonment, which um, is actually based on reports, news stories um, of an actual father and daughter, so true story really, yeah. um, who were living in a forest park, um, very similar details, yeah. and that's what the film's been based off of. And I think that's probably yet another reason why it's got the strength that it does, because yeah, it's it does, based it's on truth. On realism, you know? yeah. Absolutely. So going on to the end of the first act, um, they get caught eventually, as mm -hmm. all things have, you know, all, all good things come to an end. Do you remember <laughs> that Nelly Furtado song? Yes, I do. There we go. So, <laughs> So, I remembered it when you told me who, who you were actually referring to. Well, not because of my singing ability. Afraid not. All right. <laughs> Carrying on. Um, so they get caught, but then it leads on to another chapter, which at this point I was invested in them. I actually cared. At this point, I actually understood what the dad was going through. 
but I understood his love for his daughter, who is so much an independent, strong character in her own, mm. but also is such a pillar for her dad. It was such a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, you know, I think the Washington Post um, reviewed this movie and their, that phrase, sim- symbiosis, was so accurate for, you know, the fact that they they need each other to survive, really. Um, mm. And they also thrive off of each other as well. I think that that, that image is, is so perfect for how how their relationships portrayed throughout this film and why the ending is actually so difficult to to take, to take <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll get there, yeah. we'll get there. So towards the end of that first act, um, they get caught. The dad gets caught first, but then he calls out to Tom. Tom, come out, it's okay. We've done nothing wrong. Um, and she hesitates, but then comes out. When they lead her dad away, she's like, I want my dad. I want my dad. And I think the officers, and this is... I'll let you go into this in a second now, but this is where you see that she really does love this man and it's not a love that comes from Stockholm Syndrome. Mm-hmm. It comes from, this is my dad. Yeah. What any girl would do in the suburbs or in the bush. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it was a, so it was, it was such a touching moment. And not just that, I think it showed the enforcing officers that this might not be what it seems. Yeah. So the second act, what, what do you think? So, you know, I, I think for me, one of the things that I liked most about, I mean, it's through the whole film, but both the first and second parts is um, how the dialogue is so minimal that it does leave you with some questions, but that also adds another layer yeah. to the film itself. So, you know, I think the two main strengths of the film for me are both how the dialogue's used. It's minimal, but it's very, very effective. Um, but it leaves a few scatterings of ambiguity which just give you questions in your mind but then the film and the way their relationships portrayed is so powerful that they just they become completely unimportant these questions you know um one of the things after watching the end of the first part where they do get caught is i'm left wondering you know did tom the daughter intend for them to get caught you know there's mm-hmm. this scene where she um sees this passerby who i think might have been a runner at the time who spotted her her little face in the woods and she just hesitated for for what felt to me like just a few seconds too long for someone who we've seen you know in the beginning of the film who's drilled by her dad as mm-hmm. to dark and dash you know it it felt a bit too long and you know i you you're you're not sure because you know this is you know a 12 year old girl um at the end of the day but you just wondered maybe this was the beginning of someone who wanted to break through and start to poke her head into, That's a really into the world that theory. she at yeah, the end of yeah. the day she knows is there you know this yeah. is um a family who are living in this off the grid lifestyle in the national park but when they need resources they will literally cross the motorway and go in to main um oregon to go and get them so it's not like they're completely isolated from life she and knows there's more out there. i'm so sorry to interrupt you but that's a brilliant point that i forgot to to mention and now you have it's great um it, you said something when we were discussing it the first time that the fact that they could walk about 10 15 minutes yeah onto the main road and onto like to civilization yeah. in quotation marks 
meant that it was actually a real decision of theirs. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It was never forced on them. It was not because of distance or you know lack. That we saw that there were other people who weren't who were homeless who were living more in society, but just essentially begging or living. So they had other choices, you mm-hmm. know. But this this was their home. And there's a scene where she's trying to explain to some of the other girls in the temporary housing and that she's in whilst they interrogate her dad that people just don't understand it but that that was their home you know um very very powerful stuff that first question mark i I thought it was brilliant because i was like oh she didn't but actually i was like why does it really matter if she did and you know it just it just adds more to what what human relationships really are like and i think it portrayed what human relationships are that's a perfect rendition um just quickly another fear i'll probably sort of tag on to yours is that ben's uh not ben foster but will's um ptsd is made worse by the fact that he actually trades in his medication Mm. for food Mm. so i don't think he's actually having and i'm i'm not an advocate for pilling people up Mm. and we can't pretend to be experts in how how well tr- these treatments help people who have exactly. PTSD. They won't yeah. work for everyone. Everyone but is different, you know. There might be a level, a, le- a level of sedation that could have helped in perhaps making him feel a bit more comfortable. But it, the fact that he was trading it in to get money for food is such a... And this is where Deborah Granick is, is great. I would say, why are you doing that? But the fact he's trading that in to get money, to actually buy food, to come mm. back to his environment is a good trade-off for yeah. his daughter. He and means, he means well. He means well, and he doesn't want to get... Uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm on his side with that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the other the other big scene for me of, of ambiguity that just left me wondering, like, oh, you know, what, what is... Is it is the relationship as pure as, as it is, as it seems, you know, was more in the second part when... Um, we see that, you know, they've been interrogated by the state now. We know that there's no abuse. We know that there's nothing untoward. We know that she's actually been very well educated by her dad beyond her years. Um, and really, there's there's no punishment that the state can or, or will do apart from just give them a home now, which they feel is, is helping this, this father and daughter. Um, and we see we see him try to get to grips with having a normal job, which is still incredibly difficult for him. Um, but we see Tom beginning to thrive a little bit. And then this scene where she finds um, or stumbles across um, a boy in the kind of same town that she's rabbit staying boy. in. Yeah, rabbit boy. He's got a few rabbits. Rabbit boy. He's got a few rabbits and she's obviously, you know, absolutely um, drawn to the pets. And they just spend some time together, which is, is all very innocent on the surface. Yeah. But that part of us that's kind of... Um, almost a bit indoctrinated by Hollywood films, it begins to think, ooh, is this like the start of like a love story? Not in a childish um, playground way, but you know, you, you see an adolescent girl and a boy and it, it could be the beginning of, of a love scene, you know, or a love film. Um, and you just wonder, is that one of the reasons why Tom was determined to stay? And is that maybe one of the, the push factors for her dad wanting her to go? Because he knew that these are the things that would make her more likely to want to put roots down is one day wanting to find a partner and it just it just made you wonder more about her nat- most probably more natural desires and how even though they have a really strong father-daughter relationship there's there's other things in there that, that had to come and, out eventually uh, j- just quickly because I, I don't want to really dwell on my points too much but you're, you're very right that was a, that's a good point because you think that maybe he's just afraid she's an extension of him and he doesn't want to her to to be exposed to the things that he's afraid of um however it does denote that he did have uh he did have her through 
a relationship with someone yeah, yeah. who, from their earlier conversations, they seem to have intimate conversation. He named her, or she has her fa- the favorite color that the mum does. Mm. So what I'm trying to say here is that I think that the minimalism with regards to the love interaction between her and Rabbit Boy yeah. was just something that was down to pure curiosity and not some sort of heterosexual mega attraction mm. it was just more to do with but maybe she didn't even know she was attracted to him she just she, felt a feeling of this uh, she felt a feel of a guy who was in tune with animals but this is what i love this is the point i make i love the ambiguity that we don't really know and you at don't the end of the day know. maybe yeah. she just likes rabbits for goodness sake you yeah. know yeah um and and that's what i loved it you didn't have to, you wondered you wondered a bit more but you didn't have to know in the end it didn't it didn't take it, it rather than taking anything away from films which i often find in other films which are not as well made as this the ambiguity makes me think oh god I, I need to know that in order for it to sit right with me actually it made the film even richer for me and even more importantly it shows you the level of complexity and and and, and sophistication in will's training of tom because she's a, a girl who's grown up in the forest or all sorts of habitats can still find something she likes, decide to spend more time, and then comes back late to a dad who sat there. Now, there was this scene where I think, okay, this is where his PTSD is going to go out of control. I was expecting and he's... Rabbit Boy to be put through a window no, I, no, I thought <laughs> he's, I thought he, I thought he was going to come up and say, do you know what, Tom? Stand at attention. This is not what would have happened at the US Army. How dare you? But no, he sat there and he was like, and she came in and what she said was, I apologise that you had to worry about me. And he was, he was quite upset, but it was all a calm conversation. And she said, if we had a phone, which they refused to have, we would have been able to communicate with each yeah. other. And he said, we've always been able to communicate without those things. Therein lies a growing girl and a dad who just will not change his ways. I found that such can't a or can't, ways. yeah, and that's the most heartbreaking thing about the film, and that's basically, you know, if you wanted us to summarize the third part, you know, yeah, if you can, this, yeah. this is this is a man who absolutely loves his daughter, but just can't change his ways because of what is really horrible condition to have, and you know, you have to applaud um, Deborah Granick for shedding light on it, and you know such a, a beautifully done way because mm. it, it must be absolute agony to have to go through that or yeah. you know to have to be around that as well but yeah there are struggles in the second act where he has to learn how to uh prune prune um christmas trees and then helicopters are coming over dropping more it reminds him of the loud sounds that he's probably faced in you know insert every country that has been invaded by america kind of thing um but at the end of the day, um, what we're looking at here is the man is suffering, but he loves his daughter. There are, I don't know how to say it, but there are just such beautiful moments where he's teaching her how to ride a bike. Mm. If you remember yeah, that part. that was really cute. That was really cute. Yeah. Um, there, are, there are things where he has enough and then they're, they're now... Uh, going from one tr- they're trying to find someone who they can hitchhike with yeah. and then everyone's like the, the guy who was like I just want to make sure I'm doing the right thing <laughs> do, you know, do you know why I'm laughing because right. I'm thinking about the casserole scene <laughs> <laughs> when they moved in yeah. and she opened it was like Jesus there's, Christ there's some brown stuff in a you know Tupperware and obviously they're used to their own food they know what they know and it's yeah the casserole didn't look great and i think it was just a hard hard hitting reminder that they they really had been thrown into a completely different life you know so lady um last scene where 
she's following him, but then... So just to recap for anyone we might have lost, so, you know, they leave this initial home that they're given, they, because they, it doesn't fit for Will, doesn't, it doesn't compute for him. Um, he essentially drags Tom through the forest, and I told you this was one of the points in the film where I almost really thought, I don't like what this man's doing, it feels abusive, because they're literally, they hitchhiked even deeper into the forest, and now they're in the absolute freezing cold, and she looks like her toes are about to fall off because she's freezing, and she just looks like her body is shutting down from yeah, yeah. the absolute pain, and I just think you didn't have to do this like you were in a warm house you didn't need to do this mm. um but you you understand that he just can't do it and he you know he puts his whole his he puts his whole effort into finding keeping her warm keeping her toes warm finding them food so even though it, what on the surface seems really cruel and felt quite selfish at first to me you start to realize he's only doing it because he just can't he can't live this lifestyle and it you know they're re how rehomed again in the community and what could have been the perfect balance between a community of ex-soldiers ex-soldiers basically still in the forest but just you know in a settlement and it seemed like the perfect place for this this father and daughter who have needs that are different to you and i say mm. um but it, it's still too much for him and you know that f kind of final part where we hear tom say to her dad will um you know what's wrong with you isn't wrong with me that's such a beautiful that part there. Yeah, yeah it's beautifully heartbreaking because it it's you know this this phrase coming of age has never been truer than that scene really yeah, yeah. um you know she under she probably always understood but it's really hit home to her now what needs to happen and actually i think it's also hit home to him and that's why there's no there's no fight there's no yelling like oh, i hate you <laughs> you know i'll never forgive you for this or you don't even understand me it is dad you don't get me <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. it is just two people who are so in this symbiotic thing who just understands that they have to part ways now um mm. and it's it's the right thing to do but it's just so it's so painful to watch i literally just feel sad thinking about it um the, just to go over that last part there are it's beautiful performances all around all, 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 all around um they find a set you know a settlement of ex-soldiers what is sprinkled around this movie i just have to quickly say is human kindness. Yeah. In the first act, we have when they're taken into the centre for testing, you know, the, uh, Tom is treated with respect, talked to like a, a normal human being. Um, Will is having difficulty answering questions in the computer. The guy comes over because he's not really responding to any of the questions, says, we, I understand this must be difficult. Um, you've really raised a beautiful young girl. Would you say that you've done that? And he says, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, let's just use that to answer the question. Yeah. There are sprinkles of love. When um, she's found by one of the, the, um, the ladies in that settlement, she treats her like a mum. Yeah. One thing that I think that this film tries to say is that people can be cruel, the world can be cruel, but people can also be really kind too. And I really, really, that, 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 that touched me a lot. Absolutely, absolutely. The end touched me as well, because it was, you know, the, even the metaphors, you know, the beekeeping. Oh, uh, was... yeah, talk about that beef. <laughs> talk <laughs> about it, baby, talk about the honey. <laughs> what can I even say, though? It was just, if you were going to find, you know, obviously, like, you, you knew it was a metaphor, but and sometimes you see these metaphors or you hear these monologues that drop metaphors and you just think, ah, cringe. But, but it, it was so far from that, it was the perfect... Um, species and community of species to use to try and 
you know, I love the way that the settlement community, the lady who kept the bees, kind of gave her a taster of, of what bees are all about. And, you know, she was absolutely dazzled by it and took to it like a duck to water. And then, you know, her, her biggest wish was just to show her dad that. And it was just like literally by showing him the bees, she was just saying, look, dad, look what it could be. It could be, yeah. And, you know, he could see it, he could understand it, but he just couldn't do it. Okay. And And it's, yeah. It's the seriousness of PTSD yes, of what you can, yeah. So, lady what I mean I know you cried at the end of it <laughs> alright <laughs> you did a lot and I knew you would it's out there but um, what, what did you what are your summary what's your summary about this um, it's just it's really different you know I, I'm not trying to sit here and say that oh, all Hollywood is the same and I'm suddenly anti-Hollywood because there's a lot of good films out there that we obviously love and enjoy check out our other podcast if you want to know more mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it it was so different to the usual to some of the usual plot lines and some of the usual um natural progression of things and the usual view of society as well that we see in films that it was just really refreshing mm. and you know i think that was one of the biggest themes was um seeing how outliers are there in society they exist and they're they're valid for for all manner of reasons but how difficult it is for them to be in society and how difficult we make it for them to be part of society as well and i think this was just a beautiful portrayal of that and it was a beautiful portrayal of such an incredibly loving relationship but how sometimes that's not enough you know the the strength of the love can be there but there are other needs and there are times when separation is natural is a natural part of life and i just yeah. i think it was just so beautifully done yeah that's perfect how about you what, um what so you i'm say? gonna try and be succinct imagine i have a blank canvas a white black canvas i'm a painter i decide that i'm going to make sure that the canvas is all greenish you know mm-hmm. it's all green there's a beautiful backdrop of vegetation in this film that just allows you to just, if you're the sort of person that likes that, sink into it, because there's something going on in all of this vastness. What you have is a story of a father and a daughter that is so beautifully moving. I have not seen a movie like that in a long time. It's a, it's a story of love. It's a story of, of coping with struggles. It's a story of inadequacy. It's a story of hope. It's a story of kindness. It's a story of, of people trying to make do of the situation and to find themselves. And it's also a story of outsiders are only outsiders to people who are inside. Mm-hmm. And for people who are outside, you are the outsiders to them. Yeah. It's all relative. And I, a big shout to Deborah Granick. The soundtrack was beautiful. I absolutely love this film. Great work. We would absolutely love it if you decided to check it out. I hope that it will pleasantly surprise you. Um, if you're maybe looking for something to watch one evening when, you, when you're not up to much, I really, really recommend giving it a go. Mm. Um, and as always, letting us know what you think. You know, like, comment, share. Please do. Get involved. Um, we are really excited to have a conversation with you about a film that we absolutely thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. Yep. And we'll be coming up with uh, our next podcast very, very soon. So uh, get involved in that. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, no, as always. <laughs> no worries. You have a good night, all. <laughs> Bye. Bye.